Welcome to episode 65 of Not Politically Correct. Sorry we are super inconsistent lately. Blame coronavirus and Donald Trump. <laughs> Definitely but blame Donald it is the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Hate the Hoop, a.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. Uh, what is the other one? Oh, yeah. Fucking... The Wonton Don. Oh, my God. And Quentin Quarantino. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Those are my names. And you can find me on Twitter at CNOVA KPZ. McCoy? Wow. Uh, this is so... It's your boy, Muted Manny. <laughs> 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 it's your boy, <laughs> Megaphone malfunction. Right. <laughs> Under construction. No, you're Megaphone, you're muted. It's your boy Rim McCoy, aka okay, Mister What It like, Do, aka he Young Splash. Himself or anything, or like engineer. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> okay, seriously. There you go. I wasn't touching my phone and did it again, so I don't know if that's going to be happening all episode, dude. I'm going to throw this shit in a second, like. <clears throat> it's your boy. Oh wait, Ron. It's your boy Rim McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Doped Up Danny, aka Shit. Hallway Jones. Hallway Jones? There's nothing else though. Because yeah. you're a bitch by make feeling Nah, fuck that. Hold on. <clears throat> it's... <laughs> no, no, no. This has to go over. It's your boy Real McCoy, aka Mr. What to Do, aka Young Splash Guy, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Doped Up Danny, aka Hallway Jones, because your bitch and a ringtone or some shit like that. You can find me. On... <laughs> you can find me at Real McCoy K. I'm on Twitter and I'm on fucking Snapchat, and you just <laughs> search it and you'll find me. God damn it, Cody. Cody. To record and everything. Russell. <clears throat> pop pop a doc. Pop pop a doc. <laughs> pop pop a doc. Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm going one. over there. Um, <laughs> Russ, the barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Fingers, aka Jazz Band. What's going on? <laughs> oh, it's uh, McCoy's meeting. Sewers <laughs> <Four> Cube. <laughs> hey, Russ the Bus. And then you don't do it when it's supposed to happen. Right, dude. You know what? You know, like, you know, can you I know, just... I forgot you. Yo. <laughs> too much coffee this morning. <laughs> can I be hungry, Harry, today? Because I'm really... Pause. No. Uh, no. Okay, I'm just... I'm hungry and starving. Collective Bugs Bunny, no. <laughs> You're going to be hungry for food. Okay, but... Why would you assume uh, Where can we find you, Russell? Um, I don't know. I think I want to be lost. <laughs> he said I want to be lost. Y'all, we have no social media. See if y'all can find me. <laughs> See if y'all can find me. And, um, <laughs> also, on that note, whether you find mm-hmm. us individually, you know <laughs> that we have a Facebook page, uh, Not Politically Correct Podcast. We also have a page you can like, uh, NPC Podcast. Uh, we have a Twitter, uh, not PC podcast, um, and we are places that you can listen to us or anything for that matter. At so that's SoundCloud, that's Spreaker, that's Google Play, that's the uh, podcast app. Um, all of those good things you can tune into and listen to us. Just search "Not Politically Correct Podcast." 
if you still care at this point. Probably not. Also, just for you guys out there, T.S., a.k.a. Togas himself, booked his tickets to Houston for October. He's a fucking piece of shit. But regardless, regardless, wow. we love him all the same. Right? Does that? Yes. It's not redundant. Makes sense. Yeah, no. more yeah, man, it's cool, man. It's so hard to. Every time you guys pause and let me talk, I'm like, damn, am I muted again? Like, okay, but yeah, no, that's so that's what's happening now. Nope. Sports? Yeah, they used to be a thing. Music? Oh, okay. So. You guys watch? <laughs> Wait, I'm just going to assume that. T.S. and Russell have not watched The Last Dance, and I don't know if McCoy did, but I know he tried to or wanted to. I haven't... I got all the, the codes and shit, but I haven't started it. So I haven't... Right. I, I have, don't feel it, so what's going on in music? <laughs> you could... No, this is your section. Talk about The Last Dance, man. Shit, talk about it. Well, I, no, I mean, it'd be cool like to talk to... Like, you know, have a conversation, but I also don't want to spoil anything. But I just think, like, small viewpoint, it's really interesting, because I was like... Everyone's like, you're going to learn a lot. They said, like, stuff that you didn't even know. And I'm like, what don't I know already? And now I'm like, I'm learning a lot that I didn't even know. <laughs> but it's crazy that it's, like, such a drama that went on. Yeah. Like, like, it's a huge drama. Like, I was not expecting all this, and it's crazy. And um, what's her name? I think it's Siri. Um, is, like, super <laughs> interested, too. It's uh, I hear. Well, I think that's. That's what we don't understand is that it's not always a cut and dry thing with anything. Sports, music, movies. It's always some drama in the background. It's always some situation. It's always um, a lot beneath the surface. Uh, most every industry has its own iceberg, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but we only see what we're allowed to see and what the media kind of um, forces us to see. Um, good old U.S. propaganda. Um, so it's a lot of stuff that we don't see behind the scenes that is both either unacceptable and sometimes miraculous. And we don't see those things because we're not privy to them. We're not allowed to see them. For sure. For, For sure. sure, yeah. And I don't know, because there's a lot of footage, too, but I don't know if it was, like, hidden or if it was just rare or what. And then we get to see now, too, and they get to talk about it. But, yeah, there's a lot more about Dennis Radman that mm -hmm. was incorporated even before he even joined the Bulls that still, like, is involved and related that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Definitely Do you guys think uh, he would have put Adidas on the map like he put Nike on the map? Or He said in there that he... No. So they, I just watched the beginning of episode five last night, and they were talking about his shoe deal. His mom kind of forced him to listen to Nike because Nike was just a track shoe at the time, mm -hmm. and Converse was the main basketball shoe at the time, and Which is Mike actually really <laughs> liked Adidas. And he wanted to sign with Adidas, but they were like, they weren't going to entertain him that much. He listened to his mom. He's like, fine, I'll show up to Nike. He didn't really want to go or do it. And they said that usually the best uh, basketball players were getting like a hundred grand per shoe deal. And he was a rookie getting, uh, they wanted to sign up for 250 grand. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I thought, I thought, and excuse me for my ignorance, but I thought, Michael Jordan was the first nigga with a shoe. I didn't even know it was like prior. Yeah, um, Magic had a Converse. Yeah. And that's so weird because Converse is not a good shoe for anything. It's like. It's not true. They, right, dude. They're good for 
Back in the day, they're good for like, not stepping were, on rocks. Yes, of course. But I mean, like in terms of like, no, 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 no. Back in the day, they were like the main shoe for track, the main shoe for basketball. Like they were the only shoe for basketball until Jordan. Yeah, now, like, you, not the, like the flat shoes. They have actual athletic right. shoes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like not like the chucks, basketball not... shoes. I used to wear them because they were comfortable for playing basketball in. Those were like the main shoes before Nike became big, Adidas became big. Um, back when people used to wear Spalding and stuff like that, yeah. Converse really, like, made headlines. Um, and then you have, like, the classics that are just, like, supposed to be comfort shoes and walking shoes. But Converse was, like, huge. Mm. That's. So... I think McCoy is referencing the, um, the Chuck shoes Taylor. that this. Yeah, the Chuck Taylor joints. Those... Yeah, the classics. Yeah. 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 That's what I was saying, not the Chucks. Yeah, Man. they actually had basketball shoes, like. <laughs> like real now look i'm telling y'all if i look this up and i see jerry west in a pair of chuck taylors bro that's not just because they say them basketball shoes. Bad. i'm telling you don't do me like that don't tell me that's a basket don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining because those shoes even if they were just old and it was like a old a different time it's like the helmets that they used in football that were leather Wh what yeah. this not helping me like <laughs> this ain't gonna do it but i don't know no other helmet yet like you know what i'm saying right. And that's kind of how I feel like Converse might have. But y'all could be right. I could just be a doofus and not well, looking at right, my But I'm showing you. So they definitely had the, the classics and the, and the Chuck Taylor, as you, and, you know, as you were saying. But they actually had, like, basketball shoes. Okay. Like, the traction, the rubber soles. I like just that. posted it on the group chat right now. What? It's funny because they look like uh, Jordans. Right. That's funny. <laughs> okay. I f okay. And, and now, I don't know when the, it started, but I know that now, um, or, or for how long, um, Nike owns Converse. Yeah, for sure. They bought them, I want to say, about a decade ago, like around like 09, 2010. Then say it. If you want to say it, then I, say it. I, I, okay. <laughs> so they, they, they have been, on, I was going to bring that up too. They have been owned by Nike for about 10 years. If I I'm not. I know it's that recent. That seems like so new. Yeah, years ago? yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 10. Hold on, I'm going to look that up, honestly. Dude, it's funny. If you know McCoy that long, he could throw a number out there and I'll just be like, yeah, I believe you. I'm not even going to bother looking it up. <laughs> and McCoy is really, really good with dates. Just not setting up sound equipment. You but know, awesome. <laughs> let's not be rude not looking at <laughs> <laughs> We're back in and complimenting you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, actually, I'm wrong. Um, well, uh, 12 years. They bought... In three months. Uh, in 03. They bought them in 03. 2003? Yep. On, 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 on Converse's 95th anniversary, actually. So. Wow. Converse Are y'all celebrating? <laughs> right. So that's... Yeah, I can see you guys with your balloons. Buy them out. <laughs> These but, are my balloons now. Converse this. <laughs> converse this. Converted. <laughs> Crisis has been converted. That's funny. The shoe is called uh, like it's basically conversation. Like talk about this shoe. That's kind of actually. <laughs> that's kind of slick. I like it. That should be a microphone, not a shoe. <laughs> Low high key. Yeah, no. So that's that's cool. Also, uh, in sports, um, oh shit, where was I going with this one? This is a really good one too. Oh, Giannis. So, Giannis yesterday, uh, or about yeah, two yeah. days ago, had his um, Twitter social thing. media, Twitter, all of that hacked. Uh, 
dun, dun, dun. So all of his special internet things, including including though his bank account, like his phone, bank account, all that shit was like taken and hacked and um his bank account? Yep. I didn't know that. I thought it was just Twitter. Wait, does he like get money taken away from him? Well, I think there's a, they said it's an investigation in. But I mean, you know, just like if your shit gets like hacked and somebody takes from you, the bank is gonna cover it and like go after the people. Usually get like, you know, like I had somebody take my card and like buy some shit in China and then they were Bro, like, they can cover you like twenty bucks that was taken from me. He's a millionaire. <laughs> like how I mean banks are that? pretty <laughs> banks are pretty rich. <laughs> banks are pretty rich. Like Well, I have a credit union, but so <laughs> Financial institutions really is <laughs> they kinda run money. So if they want to cover two million, I'm sure they got it. Like <laughs> I'm sure they would do it for Giannis because they know that right. he's gonna get more money. Right. It's we the ones that's gonna have to bitch about the sixty bucks they got stole from us. Like Giannis is good. <laughs> um right. yeah, so that got taken but I guess on his social media there were some uh shit said some negative shit said about uh, Kobe Bryant and the Kobe Bryant family. There was some shit said um, about Chris Middleton. <laughs> I don't know what the tweet was. But I just know he came out to apologize to Chris Middleton and I was like, whatever was said was probably necessary. Nah, um, well, I think whoever like, his PR was, his PR was that like, helped him write this or something was pretty good. He covered like everybody that he said, like, I feel terrible that the Bucks, Chris... LeBron and the Curry family were included in this malicious and untrue tweets. Yeah. I feel especially terrible for the Bryant family during their time of grief. Uh, they should not be subjected to this type of negativity and foul behavior. So he like included everything that happened, which yeah, I think man. was pretty bold. Uh, one of the one of the statements was that he was uh, going trying to get traded or go to the Warriors or whatever. And I just thought everyone was- keeps trying to push that in the. And stuff. That is so. That's so. It was so funny though because the memes and shit that developed out of like uh, warrior fans crying when they found out the shit was not real. Like it was so many memes and shit that came out of that had me dying. Like seriously, I thought you know, being that we can't, you know, they they aren't playing sports right now. That was just a, a pretty interesting thing to happen. And also, um, what's his name, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. The the guy who plays for uh, Utah, one of the first people, di- yeah. uh, one of the first people diagnosed with coronavirus in the league. Um, he was he was the first. He was the dude that was touching the mic. Yep, yeah. He um, was I guess he was on live. He was on uh, like Xbox or he was playing a video game with somebody who blamed and some some kid or something blamed him for coronavirus and the NBA being shut down and he told the kid to go to school pussy and I just thought that that was funny because because <laughs> he stood up to himself from a little kid on Xbox right? no it's funny because I didn't think <laughs> that made me look it up and I didn't know that he was touching Mark I didn't know everybody started yeah, like we blaming talked about it if you listen to the pad I didn't know <laughs> I know he t- was touching his man's hair and shit but I didn't know that he was doing that in a response to Corona. I thought that was just him. He was just touchy-feely goofy. And I didn't know there was, like, people started talking about Corona and he started touching shit more. Like, I didn't know. Because he said, they were like, don't touch. They literally said, don't. Media, like, a few interviewers at a time, don't touch microphones. That's how it spreads. And he literally was like, this is a joke. You can't. He was, like, making fun of it. And that's when he, like, was done talking and started touching all the microphones. And then, like, a couple days later, that game, 
he got tested positive and got canceled like right before Tippo. <laughs> Man, that's great. That's so lovely. So that's not great because it like, ruined my basketball life. <laughs> you're like three months late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know me. McCoy. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So that's, that's what I got for sports. Uh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's the recliner. Yeah, I'm bullshit. <laughs> right, I'm like, <laughs> is nigga holding a sound clip thing? Like, is that what's plugged into the <laughs> is mic or some shit? Like... Dude, I'm just gonna be walking down the street. Someone's gonna be like, "What was that?" Oh, my recliner. Right. <laughs> Him in his warm ass water. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> He's in his hot tub again. Right. <laughs> he looked like he got more relaxed. That's why I was like, "Okay." He's just, he just wearing the top. I got it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pan down. Don't pan no. down. What's going on with music? Chicka chicka music. Um. So music, man. Uh, I, you know. So, for our listeners out there, um, this section, it, there's a lot going on in music. Um, and I've been going back and forth as to what we were going to talk about and what should be the topic. I've been listening to so much stuff. I mean, so much stuff the last, like, two weeks. Um... I want to start this episode because it's very timely. By the time you guys hear this and shit, it will be, you know, well, days will have passed, but, um, days of future past. I start, yeah, something like that. Sentinels. I would like to start this, uh, section by saying RIP to Andre Harrell and Little Richard, who both died within the last 24 hours. I was going to say, I just found that out while you guys were talking and I went into Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah. I looked him up too because he was a uh, really influential. Uh, well, they both were for in sure, music, for sure. so for sure. It's um, it's crazy. You know, I, I was up late yesterday playing Spider Man, <laughs> winkity wink wink, and nice. and it was like four thirty, and I just happened to like, because you know me, I'm like high, so I'm doing like thirty things at once, <laughs> and I happened to look at my phone as I'm like I put. Spider-Man on Paul because I just like leveled up. I was about to upgrade a suit. Fun time. And I put my fo- and I just happened to pick Slave up my phone. Right, right. And I happened to <laughs> pick up my phone and I look at Twitter real quick. And there and BET was like, well, you know, we, we do want to announce it has been confirmed Andre Harrell has died. And I was like, it totally threw me. Because at 4 30 a.m., I'm not expecting to see a BET tweet about the death of uh, Uptown's, you know, founder and shit. Like, it's, I'm thinking I'm finna go in here and see a quick meme or some really funny shit and then get back off and go right back to Spider-Man. And I was like, whoa, hold up, what? Like, uh, for those of you who don't know about Andre Harrell, um, he was a music exec uh, in the 80s and, and early 90s and shit. Um, he started uh, Uptown Music, which... Also, he employed um, Sean P. D. D. Combs. Sean P. D. D. Combs started in the industry as his like assistant and shit. Wow. Um, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, and so Uptown had acts like Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, Heavy D. and the Boys, and Mary J. Blige and Jodeci 
were producing shit by Sean Combs because Sean Combs was his assistant and his person in, you know, that he bought in, one of his execs that he bought in. So you hear often, like, Sean Combs helped Mary J. Blige and shit, but they, they weren't on Bad Boy. This is just the beginning of Puff Daddy. This is the beginning. And he, you know... Uptown was influential in the sense of, and, you know, a lot of people said that they need a movie, and I think it's going to come now after, you know, Death of Andre, only at the age of 59. Um, and I heard it was heart problems. But that's what Uptown did for music, especially in uh, the early 90s, that kind of really ignited that hip-hop and R&B merger. And, like, a lot of the shit that we see today would not be possible with some of those foundations of Jodeci and, and, and Mary J and, and Heavy D and the shit that happened at, at, at Uptown. And it, we wouldn't have got Biggie or Bad Boy, which changed the course of music. We wouldn't have gotten those without, you know. Did we really need Biggie, though? Hey, listen. I ain't gonna, listen. Stuck I ain't gonna argue that we did. Or we, listen. Up. Don't 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 tickle my fancy and help me get into that argument because I I love to t- I love to talk about how we maybe did need dog ass but listen she is with Suge Knight in the background right exactly bro I'm not gonna say we did or didn't a lot of people a lot of people you know who is influenced by Biggie heavily who said that Nelly said Biggie is his favorite rapper and Nelly said that Biggie was Elvis of rap and Nelly to me. Might be more. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that for the you know, whatever. The point is, you already said it like seven times. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely more important than Biggie is. You, don't have to... <laughs> you know, I love it when my man's got my back like this, bro, because he just know I don't fuck with this Biggie nigga, bro. Well, listen, he was important. So why are you trying to defend Biggie? <laughs> he was important because 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 regardless of how I feel, he was important for other rappers. He wasn't. He and and my my would have made it just fine without Biggie. And I, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I, that. I live here's I live we're, we're, Biggie, so. we're a measurement of our experiences and our influences. So I got I, that. Yeah. I feel like Biggie too. A lot, a lot of things as I do research and shit, and I go back and I listen. Biggie was good. He was a good rapper, but he was not. I feel like he was overrated. And I also know that New York was a little bit rough. At this. L.A. had it. L.A. had it. So what he did was usher back big sales for New York rappers. He bought it back. He helped. Nas came out. Same year as Big. But he wasn't selling. He didn't... Illmatic didn't sell like Ready to Die did. You know, it didn't have the radio hits. Wu-Tang came out not one year before. And they were moving units, but it wasn't... They weren't moving units like Big did when he came. You know what I'm saying? So, rap needed Biggie in a sense. I just don't think Biggie is as... In, Rap needed Biggie. Rap as a whole might have needed Biggie. But Not we don't to take credit away from him because I think he was good. I just feel like it was more of his like he he was his name. He was big. He was yeah. um very popular and that's why he was more known. Right. And the shit he had going on with Pac I... pushed him to the, you know, forefront too. I mean, I liked his his lyrical flow. Um I thought he had decent bars. Some of them were really questionable. Um yeah. but <laughs> yes. as far as like as far as I can be, like, you know, it always comes up, is he a legend? Is he a this? Is he a that? Um, I think he was a pioneer for getting those, like uh, McCoy said, getting rap back into the hands of the East Coast because the West was killing, like, yeah. really yeah. killing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was one of the pioneers that kind of brought it back. 
um, his beef and the uh, relationship he had with Tupac kind of fueled that whole rap thing to make it as monumental as it was at that point. Yeah. Um, but is he a legend? Um, I mean, he has probably the catalog to be considered um, to have legendary status, but I don't think he, he himself has that legendary status. I don't think he's a legend. Uh, uh, they're dope albums, but nothing about them screams legendary to me. And, you know, I was a, a big fan for a while, and I'm still to this day was like, yeah, he was, he was good for his time, but legend, I don't think so. Yeah, and I think when your mom says you die and your, mo your mom continuously says that my son was an up-and-coming rapper he hadn't when he died he hadn't even dropped a second album yet you know what i'm saying like that second album yeah. hadn't even been released yet so but but that's neither here nor there my point is andre harrell gave puffy that first chance and lit mm -hmm. that fire on the puffy that had to fire puffy and shit which got puffy which pushed puffy to become diddy and puff that and like really build the bad boy empire um, and so Andre Harrell is just, uh, and you know, the shitty, again, the shitty, he's like, would, he's like, strike me down and I shall become twice as powerful. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and, and again, the shit that happened with, um, Heavy D, Heavy D was important for rap. Uh, when people, when Heavy D died, you know, motherfuckers was like so hurt because Heavy D showed mad love and put a lot of people on and, um, but Andre Harrell really with Uptown the shit he did over there, man, he gave us Mary J. Look, look at who Mary J. Blige is. I know you don't. Think she can sing, Russell? We know, we know. I, I ain't gonna even say she's the best singer, but impact wise, you know. Hey. He said she, she can, can sing. sing. She just can't carry she a just, tone. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Mm. Got it. I listened to her pod. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not only did he die, damn, this would have been a good transition for the new King of New York shit. Not only did he die, <laughs> to be continued part two. But Little Richard uh, passed away as well. Um, and anybody who knows anything about the history of rock and roll, Little Richard is. He passed away, 87, and he really was the found. really was like, we don't have rock and roll without Little Richard. He's one of those, right. the first people who set yeah, shit up. Yeah, he laid the foundation uh, rock and roll. He really did. say that. Uh, no, literally, seriously, like, his charismatic showmanship um, and dynamic music really laid the foundation for rock and roll. Uh, they gave the nickname. They can get him the nickname, the innovator, the originator, the architect of rock and roll. He is he is really classified as being that influential as far as rock and roll. Now I know there was I feel probably like bigger like a lot of bigger ones before him. Not I wouldn't say bigger, but like more base foundation of rock and roll. Like him and Chuck Berry's are even older than that. Um, I thought him and but, Chuck Berry were damn near same same era. We're, and let's not, right. let's, let's, I'm wrong. That's then then this is something new, and I'm I'm glad that you. Were, are telling me that, Cody. I thought that they were the same, both from um, the fifties and early, early mid fifties. Yeah, yeah, but um, rock and roll really started in like the, it's like started started in like the mid to late forties, and it got a lot bigger in like the um, fifty low fifties mid fifties or so, and that's when it got like this is our generation music is rock and roll kind of thing. So who and that you, was like the whole. Who would you say? Who would you say is a uh, more, just out of your opinion, who would you say is more important to the foundation of it outside of Little Richard? I, I, I'm not being. Uh, I mean, there's Buddy Holly or Buddy Guy, whichever one is. I forget that. I get those two mixed up. I think it's Buddy Guy. I thought it was Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. I thought it was Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. Yeah, that was the rock and roll. So here's another one of the foundation too. But there's like a lot. It's kind of like when you said like when did hip hop 
start and people think like, oh, the 90s or something like that. But it's like, what is it, 78? It's actually yeah, like 78. But, I, but, like, but I think you nuts. are, what I think you're confusing is the how it changed from uh, strictly rhythm and blues or R&B to rock and roll. Because R&B back in the day was such a different genre. Um, and that's what kind of rock and roll branched off from. But it didn't really have its definitive start until like the early mid 50s. That's, well, yeah. and that's the thing, too, is people think, like, um, take, for example, like, the Rolling Stones. They're like, oh, that's rock and roll. Like, no, that is a form of rock, but not rock and roll. Like, rock and roll is the one, four, five, easy, like, da 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 Okay, no, I know. I okay. know the difference between rock and roll and rock. Right. And it's hard to do rock and classic rock. I know the difference between all I'm just the, trying, No, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just trying to, like, for the base of the audience that yeah. get the, the confusion, you know? Yeah, no, I fuck, I fuck with that. And I fuck with you actually bringing the, bringing the facts of, like, so you talking about the genre, the, so you talking about the specific art of rock and roll, not, like, the greater umbrella of rock. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And I'm still saying that <laughs> Little Richard has that, that, that charismatic influence to kind of lay the foundation, um, how he changed up the Beatles vocalization and gave them pointers on how they're um, they're, uh, 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 what I'm looking for, um, oh, goodness gracious, uh, orchestration, um, to be the way that it, it, it is, or that we remember it, um, because, you know, you have rhythm and blues, and you have that branching off into blues, boogie woogie, jazz, swing, rock, rock and roll, country, mm-hmm. gospel music, and he was there at the forefront to kind of help guide and the rock and roll portion for a lot of things for the rock and roll movement, yeah. Hmm. I, yeah, no, I agree with that. He's definitely like huge, like uh, prevalence in that. I just, when you're talking about like the start of rock and roll, to at least to me, I, I he was like one of the start, but not like there. You know, there's a lot before him that without yeah. them, there would be no Little Richard kind of thing. Dude, That's I want me. I want to phone a friend. I really want to call Joe K right now. Oh, <laughs> I, oh no, he doesn't. He doesn't oh. like Leonard Skinner. Yeah, hey, I really want to call. <laughs> I really Oh man. Chicago. Um, you talking about Chicago? <laughs> oh man. But so but 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 rather but rather whether or not he is the, the absolute founder. Wow, this slog. Whether or not he's the absolute founder or anything of that that caliber he is important to the history the greater history and the greater like sound change of um rock and roll and what it became and so r.i.p to that man um i mean as far as music goes can any genre really be or movement for that matter be pinpointed to just one artist isn't a movement or a genre doesn't that fall on the backs of like a number of different artists. True, but say no, but movement maybe. Right, I was gonna say the the movement of hip hop doesn't go. That doesn't move without people in the parks, people in the streets. Uh, Kumo D. Um, uh, uh, a lot of the people in the late, the early eighties. But DJ Cool Herc is the one who was the who was splicing um, beats together and break beats together. Um, and using kind of that uh, reggae influence, which a lot of people, for those of you who don't know, reggae and hip-hop are very closely related because he was a Jamaican DJ um, kind of taking that groove and then um, putting break beats on it and 
You know, that's kind of, that was his art. He did that before anybody else, according to historians, <laughs> before anybody else was doing it. That was like his, people would come to his parties and shit. That was his sister's birthday party uh, on Sedgwick, Sedgwick Ave in, in the Bronx. What he was doing that, people would come for his particular DJ style. And that is the foundation of sampling and hip-hop and what we know it to be. So, movement? No. But genre starting, one could, if you were consistent with it, one could pinpoint a starting artist or an artist that really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I almost, I almost attribute, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like L.A. rap. LA didn't have a sound, but mo but people from Ice T to Ice Cube to people in the late '90s they all kind of fall on the consensus that Dr. Dre created what we know as the West Coast sound, and that's like a that's a group that's from artists who don't even like him, artists who were beefing with him, artists like Diddy and shit who was going at at it with Death Row. Timberland was like the way that that crisp sound came through. We hadn't heard no shit. Like motherfuckers often say, Dr. Dre laid the foundation of West Coast of that genre, West Coast rap. So you can you can almost take shit back and pinpoint it to certain people because before Dre, it was mostly techno sounding beats. Um, Which feels so because of Dre too. But yeah. I would say that's more of a movement than a genre change because it's still under the umbrella of rap or hip hop. True. You know what I mean? True. Because I would True. say that's a movement in hip-hop to define this certain type of hip-hop. I don't think it changes the genre, though. Not, necess not necessarily. Um, I think West Coast, you attribute, like, gangster rap to it um, and a certain sound that's, that was way different than, you know, East Coast. So maybe not ne not necessarily a full genre, but definitely, like, a subculture or a subgenre, if you will. Um, right. That's what a movement is. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I so then just, Lil Richard would have been one of them cats that was, um, he was there for the movement. The moment <laughs> you want it, you never ever let it go. You only get one shot. <sighs> I don't see, and that's the thing. I, I don't want to necessarily say he was. I almost feel like, uh, I guess we, I guess we'd be talking in circles if we keep going with this. But well, real quick, because it's kind of related. There's a Netflix show I came across and. I forget what it's called, but it's basically about this, everyone talking about this, um, I think it was around L.A., um, tattoo artist. Yes. Who, named Cartoon. Yes, I, I just watched that. I just watched you that. You did? Is it good? Yeah, it's called L.A. Originals. Speak on it. Yeah, car it's called L.A. Originals. And Cartoon and his partner, oh, God, I can't remember, I can't remember the... Which uh, that makes sense to me, now that I know about that, that Eminem talked about him and Sons, like, I'm sick of people talk, asking about my cartoon uh, tattoo or something like that. Yep. He, Cartoon, and, and um, oh, God, I think his name was Esteban, um, if I'm not mistaken, but don't, please don't quote me on that. Quoted. Uh, they are two... <laughs> okay, so, car Cartoon was a visual artist. He draw, he drew... And that ended up becoming tattoos. And Esteban was um, a photographer. Now, Esteban ended up really... I keep saying his name like I know for sure that's his name. But we just going to call him that for this show. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Esteban was a photographer. Jose's going to be mad. And he also ended up becoming like the romancer for Cypress Hill. So he was in the... 
Like a lot of people weren't at com at hip hop concerts with cameras. A lot of people weren't in those situations really getting those shots like we were doing for rock and roll and other shit. He changed that in the early 90s when he started just bringing he was like the like the role manager and shit for Cypress Hill, but he was also his but his level of photography, he was there to take pictures before he became the role manager and his dedication to taking pictures and shit became how he got so closely linked with them. His shots became the foundation for hip hop photography and those ended up on those shots ended up on magazine covers all types of shit when they were just him with his camera just you know it, imagine us just taking a road trip and shit and we just you know happen to be somewhere we taking our phone out boom 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 and we just happen to have a love for you know getting the right shot and then the shit in our phone ends up on the cover of time magazine you know what i'm saying like it ends up a staple in hip-hop photography like those shots are iconic cartoon was his man's um they linked up and he ended up kind of like i think bringing him around cypress hill and cartoon ended up drawing if you look at a lot of cypress hills covers which i didn't really realize until they were uh, this documentary a lot of that early shit is drawn by cartoon so cartoon also did kid frost cover um and he so he was drawing a lot of um shit and in the midst of doing that he was just like, let me start, because he would draw shit. He'd be like, damn, I need to get that tatted on me. He never picked up a, a tattoo needle. And then one day he was just like, fuck it. Let me see if this transfers well to skin. And they were like, his transition from artist on paper to skin is one of the most like flawless and quickly well-developed transitions that they've ever seen. Because, you know, you got it's different drawing on skin than it is, a, you know, paper. Yeah, flat surface, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. And so cartoon, and that's the bottom, really started to that's a v not a b by the way that's the who that's it's a v not a b just that's, in case that's the von yeah, yeah that's the vine. okay got it um that's the vine oreo yes boom there we, see, there we go there we go he knows he he knows he russell on it man he's old he was there um <laughs> <laughs> now so yeah so they ended up really they ended up getting this documentary show or this documentary on netflix because what they did Kind of also told the artsy side of LA. It's kind of all. It kind of went hand in hand with what Dre was doing on the music tip, because they ended up helping to paint the picture, pun intended, for what LA culture and rap and hip hop looks like. And also, the shot of Esteban that he got, you know, of people doing the LA sign with the fingers, where it's like the you know this. He took a a, a shot of some. Chick throwing that up one You're time. Not on the camera, dude. You said what? Been on camera. You haven't been on camera the whole pod. We have no idea what you're. Oh wait, about. y'all gonna see me? Y'all gonna see me on the computer? No, no. Our, our listeners can't either. So you say this. It says everybody. Wait, that's weird because it says see you. It says I see me and y'all, all of y'all. Um, nah. it's funny. No, that's weird. Cause cause I have my camera off. No, that's that's weird. Yeah, I just see something yellow. Um, that is uh. <laughs> Weird because it says my it says it's asking me to turn the video off, so I thought y'all could see me. Anywho, um, yeah, so LA he got that like he took a shot of like a girl throwing up the LA sign with her fingers and that You're became, talking about this thing? Yes, that thing. That thing. Exactly. Yes. Our listeners still can't see me, but yeah. Nothing. <laughs> listeners, L and A with fingers. 
Estevan got that shot and made it like people weren't doing that on a regular basis before that. So it's just little things that kind of ushered in like the culture of like um, L.A. rap and hip hop. You know, I'm gonna tell the truth. This was gonna be a King of New York music segment. We know. Yeah, that's talking about the West Coast, and it's crazy, and it it just happened because I'm thinking more so about people who are unsung, people who are influential but don't get their just due. You know, I'm looking at the little Richard thing this morning and him dying, and Mm -hmm. it was a clip of him at the Grammys. I I believe that is just due. Um, it was a clip of him at the Grammys. In, I believe in the eighties, and they was he was like a he was presenting best new artist, <laughs> and he picks up, he picks up this fault uh, you know the envelope, and he goes, and the best new artist is, he stops and he goes me, and he goes and this is a little it's very loving like rant, but it's like it's kind of funny, but you could tell motherfucker just telling the truth, but he's like, you know I didn't I've been singing all these years and I ain't never won one Grammy. He was like, and I am the original and the whole crowd. White, black, Asian, all of the races, all their, they all stand up and start cheering them on, giving them a standing ovation because there's some yeah. truth to that. There's some truth to him yeah. being important. You, when you, when you are teaching, when you are influence, influencing some of the, you know, important rock groups that came along in the '60s, you are influencing what they're doing. When you can, like you said, I didn't even know he had done this, but when you can be in the studio and be working with the Beatles apparently and help helping them get their vocals and shit right. The Beatles. Mm-hmm. Like, you do deserve some goddamn credit. And I don't think people I don't think we all like think Lil don't respect Lil Richard. But I think, you know, he could have got a lot more, you know, awards yeah. and you know, things of that nature. So He was made a kind of a caricature of the the whole genre. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like when you think when you think I mean, a lot of people say Elvis, but I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. But when you think of rock and roll and what it means to be a like a rock and roll, like a like, look at me right now. I hopped on and y'all like rock star shit, and I'm wearing a bandana and shit. But this is some little Richard shit right here, bro. This is some right, shit right. that he, you know, he did that shit. Put the start, you know, what I'm saying with the with the shit in the front, which. Prince ended up doing, you know what I'm saying? Then we get people like Tupac doing you and this it's gang culture shit, but motherfuckers because they had to updo and shit was tying their shit up. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? So but you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Um a lot of uh rappers, uh 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 singers and you know, even rock and uh, rock artists today always go back to different um older uh, um bands and, and singers from which they gain their influence and they just use that as a way to uh, differentiate themselves from other people, but it it became like um, um, a trend uh, for certain things. Like um, a, a lot of, uh, <laughs> which is funny, um, Mexican gangsters and, and, and uh, or cholos or whatever you want to call them, right, um, right. they listen to the Smiths. No, they listen to the Smiths, and that's like hilarious to me because you know I listen to the Smiths and I, I look at the culture and I'm like, how does that? you know, convert over to that. But it's like, you know, music has no boundaries. It has no barriers um, Mm -hmm. as far as who it reaches and who it can reach out to. So it's crazy that the things we see right now as like um, new trends or even um, things that we call retro, uh, where they get their originations from or where they get their origins from is not always the first um, thing we see. It it could be something much deeper, 
something much earlier, and that's just phenomenal to me. Yeah. Well, and that's why I love how they say, like, music is the universal language of universal mm. language or language of love or something like that like it doesn't it universal doesn't have to be like singlified like people love so many different kinds of music and it's just great that it can reach everybody no matter like if you don't speak the same language or not too or heritage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <coughs> and with andre also with andre harrell going back to him um you know it's funny not to bring up negativity but since we're talking about west coast you know rappers and and, and hip-hop andre harrell so if you guys know anything about Jodeci, or if you know anything about what was going on in the 90s, Suge Knight was quite the quote-unquote bully. Mm-hmm. And there is there is some <laughs> words or rumors. Exclamation points. <laughs> there's some words and rumors that he, Suge Knight, wanted Jodeci over on Death Row. And there's some, some rumors, always been rumors, I couldn't confirm or deny, but... They say that he kind of approached and roughed up <laughs> poor Andre to get Jodeci to get Jodeci no. at least to be managed over there by Death Row, and that's why you hear so much uh, Casey and JoJo and shit mm. on Pac's last few albums, like uh, Toss It Up and How Do You Want It, all that shit. Um, they all over those records. <laughs> Like, they're on that shit because <laughs> they were over there, like, in the mix with, you know what I'm saying, with Death Row and shit. Like, he was trying to get them out of their contract and get them over. Because Jodeci was a big-ass group at the time, you know. Probably one of the biggest R&B, you know. They were, and they were a different type. They were, like, the first, like, rough R&B, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jagged Edge mm-hmm. and, and Drew Hill. We don't, get, we don't get none of that, you know what I'm saying? We don't get none of that shit without Jodeci. Like, Jodeci, it was, R&B was, like, a smooth, you know what I'm saying? If you were R and B, you were smooth. Jodeci came on with Tim's and backwards hats, and, and like they were like hip hop style R and B, which is really important because you that that framework started by Puffy and under Andre's guidance. That framework became how you looked at R and B groups for like the next. I want to say. 10 to 15 years. Like, I just feel like R&B, damn near, if you still right now, it's rugged. Think about Trey Songz and Chris Brown. The shit is rugged. Oh, we don't have to talk about that Simon B album very soon. Um, That shit is so hard body now, like that, to the point where singers will beef. You don't get that without Jodeci. You don't get any of that without what was going on with Jodeci and shit. So I just think that two people that we lost, I want to, again, say RIP to them because I don't think people get their flowers a lot when they're here. And I don't think, I definitely don't think Andre got his. And I also think um, Little Richard could have been shown more love as as um, forefather. Of- <laughs> I thought you got enough love and credit to him. Yeah, I think uh, Little Richard is definitely one of them cats that gets his just, just dudes. Two. He yeah. was on Full House, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, just to, well, I guess just, this just is to a give good... a, a little, like, like uh, I guess look into what he did receive. Yeah. I did have a list here that I was going to go over um, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, um, says here that, you know, Richard has been um, honored by many institutions and awards and such. 
Uh, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of, Hall of Fame. Uh, he was inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, he received a Lifetime Achievement Award um, from both the Recording Ac uh, Academy and the Rhythm and Blues Foundation. Uh, he received the Rhapsody and Rhythm Award from the National Museum of African American Music. Um, he and uh, Tutti Frutti, his like iconic song was included in the National Recording Registry, oh, the Library nice. of Congress. So yes. yeah, he's, yes. he's definitely got some some major accolades. And, okay, and, um, okay, that's, it was just good. That's good to hear. That really actually just touched my heart a little bit because I was like, damn, thinking about it, like damn. And also, he sung the theme song to Magic School Bus. So there you go, bitches. Boom. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah. go ahead, go ahead and chime in for the listeners, man, and, and tell us what you think. Um, you know how you feel about what Andre Harrell did, and I think you should look him up and and, and really take a look at that, and and how you feel about his influence and also Little Richard's influence, and just you know R.I.P. to those people because we, I mean, we losing people during the coronavirus shit, but it's funny because they didn't, neither of them died from that. It was just you know, just crazy, man. It's a lot of loss going on right now. So also there are uh, killer bees coming from Asia. So. <laughs> But I guess now it's time for Russell Prosity. Uh, brought to you by I Wendy. think we lost Tia's. No, I'm here. <laughs> Look, his picture's always there. Like, right, right, exactly. That's why I should. put that up there. Look, I'm always paying attention. <laughs> this is going to be how he uh, so communicates with us when he's in Houston. <laughs> You look like he's haunting this car ride. I'm bro. telling, but he got the pop face for sure, bro. Like this nigga know he' about to die. Like, Tia's is the is the only one right now in this picture that makes Suge Knight look weak. <laughs> look at that homie. Right. right, I'm the strong one. You're lucky I let you drive. <laughs> what you deduce, homie? All right, um... <laughs> what you deduce? <laughs> All right. So the funny thing is, I actually heard the, the little Richard passing before I heard <laughs> about one of the, you know, the other major influential artists for like rap and rap culture uh, uh, and, and whatnot. And I was like really surprised that you know these two have passed. And it really got me thinking about this whole this whole virus situation, man. Um, I was listening to like Joe Rogan um, podcast. This is one of the podcasts I, I really uh, uh, respect and like. Um, as well as uh, we all know, Godfrey, uh, Bill Burr, and uh, Michael Rappaport, and some others, um, all talking about this uh, coronavirus and um, precautions you need to take and things of that nature. And a lot of what they've been saying is that, you know, of course, the stats will be padded because the U.S. is really run by fear. Um, it's controlled by money and run by fear. Um, and so not saying that the virus is not as deadly as they say it is, or the reach isn't as far as they say it is, but um, they do amp things up to um, make things seem a lot worse. For sure. Um, people have been literally dying uh, from this virus and from complications with this virus and other things that um, have been affected by this virus because of poor health issues, because of, of different things. So it's really is something that we still need to take um, precautions against and to be safe in. Um, the main thing that I really want to say is just don't be stupid, honestly. Um, we do a Oops. lot. <laughs> we do a lot in our in, in our illusion of freedom, um, especially in a land where we are heavy, uh, heavily taxed on everything. 
after we set him free. Um, to the point that we take chances we don't necessarily need to take, um, most of which aren't even worth the risk that we're taking. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, we're in a house. We're, we're, we've been stuck here for, you know, how long? It's been like two years. No, <laughs> um, a decade. <laughs> but we've, we've been forced to kind of like, you know, really look at ourselves and really see ourselves and really see who we really are and, you know, drop the facades and, and, and learn about who we live with and who we associate with and who we really are under pressure and under threat of, of imminent. Under more scrutiny. Yeah. Um, what I do. Act more, right. act more Jewishly. <laughs> act more Jewishly. <laughs> That's from Lil Dicky. Forced to be, uh, well, not necessarily forced, but we've been in a situation where we've been around uh, family more, um, and we've, you know, kind of have to reestablish who we are with them and who they are currently because we all change and we all grow and we all evolve. Hopefully, um, I'm going to change it. You know, some of us are maybe taking the time to like really try to deepen those bonds or to understand why certain bonds don't exist to maybe change those things. Um, we may be decided to eat healthier or eat worse, depending on what we decide to do, whether we eat inconvenience or we want to, I guess, refresh a skill that many of us don't know we have as far as like cooking. Um, some of us have kicked into uh, survival mode um, and have really started building up a small um, I guess a small amount of wealth as far as like the things we purchase, the things we um, stock up on, the things we um, invest in. Um, and it's, and, you know, it is, it is the, the, the cause of the seclusion. Um, it is usually during these times that we may succumb to any glimpse or a flicker or a specter of light um, through what we feel is, is a dark passageway. Um, especially with this pandemic, and you have to remember that you know the light at the end, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, is a cliche. A cliche that we always hear, but it does not necessarily mean that it's an exit. Um, it could be, as uh, um, uh, I've heard a rapper say, the light at the end of the tunnel it could be a train. Um, <laughs> and so the difference, <laughs> the thing we we have to to really focus on and figure out is should we be rushing full speed through this tunnel? You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, that, uh, God, that's funny. Um, I don't, I always agree with the idea of shit being overblown because we live in America, man. And we just like, like I, the funny thing, the only thing about that statement is I was thinking about this the other, like literally yesterday. I'll be doing random shit like this. I'm in my bathroom um, brushing my teeth yesterday and I look down at the square, you know, the tile on the floor. This means nothing, has nothing to do with me brushing my teeth, but all of a sudden I'm like, damn, freedom. My foot is, you know, takes up, you know, part of this goddamn tile. And I'm like, damn, they'll tell you, I don't know why I thought about this. I'm like, in another country or America will tell you that this is how much space you have or wiggle room there is for freedom in other countries. And the freedom that we have is the size of your living room. See, you should be happy. 
But truth is, like, um, how much freedom we don't know because you're my American media. You don't. I don't know if you know the size of their freedom over there really could be the, at least the size of the bathroom or half the living room, and our size of freedom could be a little bit smaller than you're saying. It could you know it might not be living room, mm-hmm. just the kitchen area. So. I don't know how my brain got into that, but that's funny that you speak about, like, um, just in these times and, like, us being ushered or moved by fear and us being moved by, you know, things that might not be, you know, we're looking at it, we're looking at it like it's worse than it really could be. Um, I just think that I'm at the point where I'm so worried that I've almost overdriven myself to stop worrying. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I can't worry anymore because I've already worried to the max. Like, my worry yeah, level... Fill up on worry. Exactly, <laughs> bro. My gas tank of worry is so full right now. Like, and we all know how cheap gas is right now. So, my worry tank is super... It's... it's At this point, I mean, like, I'm just riding at this point. Like, I can't... I can't worry anymore. And like you said, like, rushing through this, it might be something... <laughs> You know, where I think everybody should just take the time to just breathe, relax. When it's time to be done, it'll be done. And just like, we can't force ourselves or the, the world is changing. And, and, and the truth is, even when this is done, it's going to look different. Right. I don't know it what. It should. It should. <laughs> yeah, man. Dumb people will be dead. No, nah, look. Um, <laughs> and it, <laughs> no, I'm fucking around. Um, I will not. <laughs> I will live. Cody, on. you to finish two books. You're not done. <laughs> he oh, gonna evolve to be two jeans. That's crazy. Dog, <laughs> make it through the <laughs> woods. Two jeans with a wing and shit to fly. Like that's crazy. Where'd you get the other two holographics? <laughs> um, but yeah, though, I just I get I get that whole statement of you know rushing through and it could be a train at the end of like that's a powerful statement also would like to know what rapper said that but yeah i, I agree 100 percent, man this shit is i believe it was fine say i'll look it up though oh drake's father i got it cool <laughs> drake's father <laughs> <laughs> oh man fuck a drake fuck a papa duck fuck a clack fuck all the toronto one of my favorite <laughs> <laughs> favorite one of my favorite quotes um my Benjamin Franklin is the the whole freedom or liberty uh, um, speech he gives where he goes. No, uh, that was um, John Hancock, I think. Um, <laughs> but Hancock. Benjamin John Franklin <laughs> said, um, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Um, uh. And that's kind of like what you were saying before that, you know, we, you know, we worry about all this stuff. Um, and we give up or we, you know, America has this like this box that they put us in and it's like, yo, this is your liberty. You know, those countries don't have as much. And we um, settle for a lot that we probably shouldn't settle for, uh, especially when we look at other countries and we see um, actual freedom that they have. Yeah, man. Even though some are, are run by like, you know, tyrants and, 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 and different um government types yep. that yep. may may um may imprison them for a different uh or in a different way than, than we're technically in prison. Um but the the fact of the matter is that um uh, another quote from one of my favorite movies, Jesus Vendetta, um the people should not be uh afraid of the government. The government should be afraid of its people. For sure. Because it's the people who um 
make the government or who um, mm-hmm. give power to the government. And it's also people who should be able to retract that power when our government is doing things that is not benefiting its people. Yep. Um, not only all that, but it's like how, how in the sense of how we should be grateful and appreciative for what we have right now compared to other countries, we should also think about how they think and feel with those, you know, homeless or um, like impoverished pov- people or kids in other countries that they get happy when someone makes them shoes out of a water bottle and string or thread. Because they don't have to be barefoot anymore, and we look at that like how sad, and they're elated with that. Or using like a ball that's deflated and old, but they're like, "Hey, I get to play with something. It's amazing. Like best thing in my life." But there's a quote. I forget how it goes, but um, I'll just make up other words. But it's like <laughs> how we actually, in our head, are imprisoned, but we don't even know it or realize it. So the only way to be free is realizing that you are not imprisoned. Because you can be in jail and still be free. You're just having your mind, like, trapped and, you know. Yeah, in the prison of your own mind. And that, exactly. The, the, funny, the funny thing about uh, funny thing about this is um, in that same brain conversation with myself, because I'm weird, um, I was thinking about how... So, we... Might, I, I think the, the, the spectrum is different. For certain Urgent. countries, so so certain countries might there might be more room to do certain things, and then there might be less room to do other things because there because a rule a, a law okay so like a law is created to keep to confine for mm-hmm. for better or for worse it's to confine you so that way you don't step outside and have too much liberty a law is only a a, a, a line in the sand. To stop you from crossing that line into other people's liberties or other people's freedoms, if it's working correctly, that's what a law should be for: is to draw a line and stop me and you from clash. Is to keep enough order that me and you don't clash. We should be allowed to do what we want as long as I'm not intrusive on intruding on your freedoms and you're not on mine. And I think that's what law is kind of for. But we. In America, you know, like so, like in the Middle Eastern country, it might be more male um, driven or male focused, and the idea of rape and things of those nature don't get taken as seriously as they should. But here they might, or might be more taken more seriously. Not that they're perfectly uh, evaluated here. Um, but then again, there's other things over there that might be. What do we know? Is the worst part because there's things over there that they might be able to do that we might not be able to do. I hear when people come from other countries and you get to America, something I've heard from people who come from other places is our system of like IDs and and, and social security numbers. Like, not to say that other countries don't have that, but they are a, there's a lot more making sure you have a number, making sure you can be tracked if need be here than other countries. According mm-hmm. to uh, and that's and I've got and I've had this conversation with with foreign students that I went to college with and all that type of shit. They said that it's a lot to of paperwork, um, to just be not just for them, but like they're they're like to be an American. There's just a lot of paperwork, you know, social security number, mm-hmm. all of that shit that that they don't have over there. Um, and so it made me think like, are we really are we really free or is it just like they 
you like, okay, you can go play with the rest of the people over there um, until we need to call your number or something until you do something. And I can see that 65A over there, then, you know, you got to get your ass out the playpen because you won't bullshit. So, and that's why I feel like people don't see it. They think I'm being radical with my mindset thinking this, but it just, America reminds me of, like, the Holocaust era in Germany. Yeah, like, for geez, sure. having to carry around paperwork. But if we get stopped by the cops, even if they're walking and not driving, where's your ID? Yep. That's your number. Yep. And if you don't have that or present that, then, okay, follow me to the office, and we got to, you know, look some stuff up or whatever, you know? Yeah, and that's, and that's true, because think about... Uh, World War Two and the concentration camps that they put the Japanese people in, and think about World War Two when they ask, you know, when the Nazis talked about getting some of their concentration camp ideas from American slavery. So, you know, a lot of things that we think, you know, will be to- will be told on some patriotism, patriotic shit that this is the best country, but there's a lot that we don't even know about other countries. How often well, are not you, only that. Go ahead. I was gonna say how often are we looking other countries up to really get the, the true facts, you know? I mean, but you don't even have to what look outside of like, Who is we? How how often are like I think he's meaning Americans in general. America Americans in general. How often do you look oh, up Oh Americans are dumb as fuck. We don't do research on anybody else unless it's us yeah. involved. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. What I was going to say is that you don't even have to look outside of the U.S. to see that there are some things that are not right. Um, like Even with a little bit of information that we receive from other countries, even the biased and, and <laughs> propagandic information that's, um, I would say, forced into this country um, because it, it's to paint a certain picture, um, we still have uh, things that we see uh, in this country that don't match what they're initially defined at. So the whole patriotism, patriotism thing is interesting until you've got NFL players kneeling. Then all of a sudden, oh, they're not patriotic. They're not paying um, tribute to this symbol that was created from a different country's song and a different country's flag that we adopted and tried to make our own. Um, I feel like the last time I was the most heated was Colin Kaepernick versus Tommy Lauren, or Lauren, however you say her name. Yeah. She was so dumb and hypocritical about it. But... Well, she's she's an avid Trump supporter, so a lot of her policies mm-hmm. and and um, knowledge is reflective of that. So that you know, anyone who really takes pride in that administration, honestly, I don't listen to. I take every word they say with a grain of salt because usually yeah, they're misinformed. Yeah, usually they're <laughs> misinformed. They're um, <laughs> they're very um, prejudiced and very separatist. So. Yeah, I don't really listen to a, a lot that <laughs> they say, but the the the, the thing of, the thing of it is, um, having gone to a couple of different countries and, and the, you know definitely not seen everything, but the small things, um, it's funny that even in um, everyday life when you in, you know when you interact with people from other countries and they hear you're from America their whole demeanor changes, their whole mm-hmm. attitude changes um, for the better or for the worse. Um, but there's always a switch. You know, oh, man, America, you know, that is such and such, I've heard this, this, this. And you can give them the real information having been there um, or they already have a presence in mind because of what they've seen, what they hear, and what they've, what their own research has done. And they're like, yo, you from that place, da, 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 and they treat you differently. Um, it's no different than how we do here. 
um, to people who are who are coming in uh, to visit, who are coming in to live, or immigrants, um, or who we see every day. Um, this country just has such a uh, poor a stigma mindset, a, a quarantine mindset, um, a social distancing mindset that really, really was heavily enforced with the introduction of social media, in my opinion, um, which kind of made us more, less and less social uh, and more media focused. But I mean, I think this is, this is how technology has affected this country and how it's forced us into being separate quote unquote but equal. <sighs> Even though I don't think we're all that equal. Um but what I really want to say is, you know, um during this time, don't let the stress of being safe cloud your judgment. Um and push you into easy danger. Um continue to practice those safe practices, of course, even with um the stay at home being rumored to being over May twenty sixth, everybody's gonna be excited on being able to go outside and go places and do things, um, still maintain uh, those boundaries and to uh, be mindful of what you learned and what you've experienced through this this current time. Um, because I think even when we're not intentionally trying to learn things, we st- like like a skill or um, something new, we, we always have those experiences that teach us something, that show us something different. It doesn't have to be an earth-shattering, soul-ascending, mind-altering experience. It could be a simple tweak in our perspective because of something that's happened, because of something that's di- that hasn't happened, to where we look at things just a little differently. Um, I think this time calls for that as far as just a new perspective on certain things, um, especially in how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, um, and how we look, look at each other. Because this has been a time where... We've been secluded. We've been taken away from those things that we have relied upon to get us through our days. Um, and we've used those crutches to kind of make it through the day without really reflecting on why we feel this way, why we feel like we're trudging along. And it could be you know, our occupation. It could be our, our mental health. It could be our emotions. It could be a lot of different factors that we don't take time to really sit and think about and see if we can work through. Um, the the main, I guess, tactic for a lot of people, especially men, is always to avoid it. You know, um, either I work on it later or that's not necessarily as important as this, or if I feel this way, then I'm going to feel less of who I think I am. And sometimes we really need to break those facades and really, really know who we are. Yeah, I, I I've been doing the latest um, guided meditation I've been doing is based off of our channeling um, emotions, and it's going off of like if you're feeling emotion like it's not even saying like people avoid or just suppress or anything like that, but it's just recognize the emotion that you're feeling and call it out. I am feeling anxious or I have um, you know I'm feeling angry or something like that or I have anger and you're not the emotion you're just feeling it but it's like a a wave they don't stay there in the ocean they pass and they keep moving right. you're not if you're angry it stinks but you're not always angry all the time it goes away right yo yeah that's like a, man what movie was i watching i was watching extraction on netflix dope ass movie thor is the main oh, character I hate thor. <laughs> yeah well whoever this plays thor, Hemingway? but yeah. oh yeah 
Thor. Chris, Chris <laughs> so you meant you know actually Thor. Same, 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 the same, God same, of Thunder. The God of Thunder. Yo, I got this video that I'm, I'm, I'm going to send y'all to the actual pronunciations of those words. It blew my mind. But uh, go ahead and continue. Okay, well, Thor? in that yeah. um, movie, Extraction, one of the quotes in there was um, the act of drowning isn't when you hit the oh. water, but because yeah. you stay immersed in it. Yeah, Something so you like quoted that. that. that was, oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that, and I was like, damn, that was, that's heavy. <laughs> and you know what? I, what? I was going to be like TS, because anytime I used to quote something or put it on Twitter like that, you're like, let me debunk him and be a little... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I did? But I'm like, I'm going to let him have... No, TS. Oh, TS. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, that's more of a TS like, thing, not a me thing. He'd be like, just get more food. I'm like, that's not the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Speak can I can, real quick? Speaking of that, man. So yesterday I put on Twitter, bro, that I'm okay. I'm taking a social media hiatus, right? <laughs> no, don't laugh, bitch. Listen, I tell, I'm taking a social media hiatus. <laughs> right. Seven days. No, I am. <laughs> I am at midnight. Um, and the only reason I push it to midnight is because uh, me and TS are gonna be hopping on with Joe K, and so, um, but oh, I feel it. Um. It's a dead mom thing, so don't worry. Um, I oh, my mom's alive. I feel bad now. Okay, you should no now. We start our own club. Uh, wait, wait. I feel bad because my mom's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I feel I'm gonna I get off. <laughs> I said I'm gonna get off social media, all social media for at least seven days. Tia said, "You what?" I said, "You read it." Here he goes. So, so that, does that mean that that's going to be anything that you can create profiles on or things of that nature? Like, and I said, uh, I don't know. But to clarify, I'll still be on Messenger. And if, if that's tied into so, Facebook, you have my number. He goes, so that means, that means so no that porn, means... no SoundCloud, and no YouTube. Nope. Porn and SoundCloud are still going to happen. Uh, that means I'm not going to be on social media in the in the regular form, he's like, "Oh man, you can't be for seven days without you. Your girl can't." That's not gonna stop me from watching <laughs> porn. No matter what you say, I'm gonna listen to my SoundCloud music and watch me porn, <laughs> fellow. Man, like, <laughs> don't say that you're off of social media if you're not off of social media. I'm off of I'm off of <laughs> right, face. See, I'm, Cody gets it. Fuck yeah. you and Cody. I'm going to beat my meat and. Listen to music still. But that's why I post the status. I look for the TS. No, you go. You you put an asterisk next to it, or you say I'm gonna be off of most social media. I would do you got you damn gotta put a uh fine print with dog ass because I'm like, what is he uh, I'm trying I'm thinking he's talking about messenger so that way we can all still chat. No, he's going straight SoundCloud, bro. Like I did I can't listen to Abso because what? Damn, you niggas. It's yeah, right. it's, 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 it's like anything you create a profile on. I don't got no Pornhub profile. Damn, bro. Defining social media. Are you defining social media as anything that you can create a profile on? I don't know. I'm defining. And he was like, yeah. I said, I said, I get. I said, I guess so, or I don't know. I didn't say yeah for sure. I said, but to clarify, because I'm thinking he's talking about Messenger. He want to go on some whole other shit. Listen. I'm defining as this. <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Snapchat, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram. I'm off that. I'm off them four things. That's it. That's it. I don't know what you else you're talking about. I don't have a Pornhub profile. 
I'm fine. Man, 35% of my social media is deactivated now, okay? Exactly. Listen, listen, you... listen. After that last Snapchat, uh, yeah, <laughs> take a break. I don't know what happened, but I don't think I want to go. Shout out to Russell yeah. for being in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was for the comment, but I'm like, no. No, no you should man, dude. I got so many inboxes. There was dude, you know what's funny? I got so many inboxes. My was like, you might as well go ahead and do it, bro. I got, because I put it on Twitter and I put it on Snapchat. And everybody responds with, yeah, man, you need to go ahead and handle that. You need to go ahead and make a moan on the phone. I'm like, listen, man, I, first of all, that's a little bit rapey. I can't just, I can't just uh, bounce. That but... thing, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, that's, that's that. You, you guys are pretty, I, I don't like watching, looking at what you guys tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, that shit. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on. I'm on social media, but uh, I just wanted to chime right. in. I had to chime in and. And give my piece of that because your boy definitely, he definitely be TSing shit the fuck up, man. He be definitely going so hard with this goddamn fact check and shit. Like, damn, nigga, I just trying to do a great thing for my soul. And my soul still was like porn here and there and maybe a little ab soul music. That's all. Like, bro, like there's certain. see you retweeted something. He's going to be like, you just got got. Right, exactly. (laughs) Damn, bro. Shit. But no, that's a. Sorry, that's such a random moment, but I had to get that off because, man, dog, why? Because <laughs> you're lying. Because <laughs> I'm Because there's TS. Right, exactly. You lied to yourself, you lied to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's I, I have no comments on any of this. It's just you it's, guys be posting stuff, or people just be posting stuff, and it's like, wait, I have a question about this. Why do you have a question? <laughs> Help me understand. You understood. That will make me so mad. It's because you understood exactly. No, don't say. Don't say. Help me understand, because you know me and you knew you understood, bro. Why do you have to lie, bro? You know exactly what I'm talking about when I said this. That's why you brought it up. That's why you said porn, because you wanted to be a dick, bro. I was. I just needed clarity. That's all. <laughs> Oh, man. What's the fucked up story of the week? Actually, there's no fucked up story of the week because, well, it's not even because. I've been checking, again, multiple news sites, um, and I think it's because of quarantine that a lot of people just aren't out and about doing stupid shit. I mean, the most, like, the actual stupid shit people are doing are, it's not riding around with a dead person in your windshield while trying to go to a beer garden, stupid shit. It's protesting that you have to stay inside the house and you have to be quarantined, stupid shit. And then the day after that, a bunch of new cases of uh, coronavirus pop up because you're stupid. And these protests are, like, they're not even just protesting the fact that they want to go back to work because they need to make more money to, okay, I could feel that. You need more money so that way you can uh, buy groceries, pay for rent, um, any other bills. Okay, alright. I can get why you're pissed off. These niggas are processing because they want to go to a bar. They want to go and get their hair done. They want to <laughs> go with random people. These niggas are dumb and it's that kind of stupid shit that's happening. We got stupid shit like the president saying you should inject yourself with um, disinfectants and maybe you should stay outside a little bit longer or get hit with gamma rays and that'll 
cure your coronavirus. And then later going on saying, oh, that was – I was being sarcastic. I wasn't being truthful. I wasn't being honest. Like, Nick, you are stupid is what you are. You were caught, and again, you were being caught being stupid. And then <laughs> your followers like Tommy Lauren and the rest of the Republicans, they're going to go right behind you and say, oh, yeah, you can't take everything that he says seriously. What the fuck do you He's mean? The You're the president of the United States. The free, quote unquote. He can't take everything that he says seriously and that he can't joke around. He was in the pro. He was. He's not a comedian. Right, exactly. That's not his job, right? Everything he says seriously. Right? It was a press conference that he's at. You Although know, the last time I didn't was... take him seriously is when he said he was going to give us the $1,200, but then that actually happened. <laughs> for some, but Man. cool. Well, this... for those people that actually failed the taxes like they're supposed to. Yep, okay. <laughs> Yeah, for those people, they got the twelve hundred. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as stupid stories and stupid people, it's these are the stupid stories that I've been reading about. Yeah. And I mean, even more fucked up. I'm, like, um, what's the biggest story that's happening right now? The two white dudes that gunned down the black jogger. Oh my god! That, yes, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I saw another story that was saying that um. It's sad that there's even still crime actually going on when everyone should be indoors. <laughs> right, dude. How is any of this still... It, these are the fucked up stories that are happening in the U.S. and around the world. These random protests, people still getting killed, uh, rapes are still happening, child abductions, robberies, all this stuff is still happening, and, and that's that's the fucked up story. And it's not even fucked up funny, it's actually just fucked, fucked up, up, fucked up. You know, it's really crazy to me about that, uh, Ahmad, uh, um, I, his last name, I think is R-B, R-B-R-E, it's A-R-B-R-E-Y, I believe. Um, the funny thing about that story is he died in February. Yes. Yeah. February yeah. Really? 23rd. Yeah. Is, that video just got released like two weeks ago. And, Man, and you want to know America's why it was so released? You know why it was released? Why? Why? Because his friend thought that that would clear them of suspicion if he released it. So otherwise, if, wow, that's the guy. Uh, that's even more. The guy it. thought it would clear them of suspicion if he released it. The friend, the friend of those, the two convicted murderers. Because I believe they are convicted at this point, because um, they're they're on charges of murder at this point. Um, he thought that that would co- clear their conviction. Um, by she- showing that video of what happened. <laughs> All right. Wow. Wow. Um, there's a lot of things going on about, you know, if you would have just frozen, this wouldn't have happened. But I'm like, seriously, two cats walking up on you with shotguns, ain't nobody freezing. Yeah, I'm finna um, take the fuck off. They say that he didn't comply and he didn't. What do you mean he didn't comply? These aren't not a police officer. Right. You're, you're not an officer. You, there's no, um, even if there's a citizen's arrest, uh, um, in place, you you can't go up there with with guns drawn, yo. Um, that it's violates. not like he was breaking and entering. It was he was a jogger, so he was right. jogging. And even the um the um the accusation that there was a or the, the 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 whatever you want to call it that they said that there was a robber who was um going around that was um proven to be false. So it was just an all out all in out murder. Yeah, yeah there were simple. cases of anybody calling in that day or around any of that time saying that houses were being robbed. Right, and 
The man's jogging. He has a t-shirt, shorts, and head and like headphones and shit. What was he burglar? What did he have to take? He ain't running with it. He don't even have a bag or anything that's gonna be allow him to carry anything. Let's say worst case scenario, there were burglaries and shit going on. Why would you assume that this motherfucker was burglarizing anything? That's cat. Well, even his even his call to the to to nine one. Um, there's so many different versions of that call. One of them was like, uh, "Can you tell me what what he's doing? Why is why are you you know why are you trying to stop him? What is he doing wrong?" And it was like, "There's a black man running through our neighborhood." And he was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> wow, man! You still didn't answer my question, but I feel it. Oh my god, that's yeah. So these are the fucked up stories that are going on, and I mean, even there's just so much that can be said about this stuff. There. These these white dudes with guns in front of police officers or on Capitol building and Capitol buildings or government property, guns drawn, bulletproof vests on. They're not being reprimanded. They're not being taken right. away from handcuffs. That's, they're not. Uh, a political cartoon that was like there was a, a white guy with like a war helmet and a bulletproof vest on and an assault rifle on his back talking to an officer like. Do this, do that, blah, 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 or you can't do this to me. And then the next uh, scene was a cop that shot a black guy, and they said, uh, well, he could have had a gun. Like, <laughs> dude, right, dude. The other guy did have a gun, and you didn't do anything. <laughs> all right. Right. It's all fucked up. And then, I mean, even in New York, um, there's actual news stories about police officers walking around with disinfectant or something like that, and... Uh, nice neighborhoods, white neighborhoods, helping people in groups. And then in the Bronx, in the hood, they're uh, taking people away in handcuffs. Yeah, man. Yep. I saw some shit about that, too, where they were like, um, you know, they got people that, you know, white people that are, that are gathering in groups and they're walking up, being supportive and showing support and asking if they need anything and you go to the other neighborhood and they're like choke slamming and body slamming and roughing up black people and it's like, bro, uh, I'm at least allowed to come out of, at the very least, come out of my house like this. I, It's basically, this virus has made it open season for police brutality. Like, not like it already wasn't open season, but now there's a slight bigger or... or like little glossy excuse so they can say, well, hey, they were gathering and shit. It's like, and this is the reason I didn't want laws. This is the exact reason I've been anti-law creation and I would just hope that people would be stupid or be smart enough to just not gather. And because once you give power to them, you set a you set a precedent. Like once you uh, uh, say everybody needs to be in the house legally, whatever happens after that to enforce that, they're going to try to use this as an excuse. Well, they were supposed to be in the house. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to get to the point where a lot of officers are going to lose their lives because they're really terrorizing these these neighborhoods, and they're not going to stand for it, um, and not going to just let you treat them any kind of way. And it just escalates the violence until we're under a higher tyrannical rule of law. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's kind of like they they pushing it to usher it in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pushing it to usher it in, you know, you want to give a police a reason to be more militaristic. That here you go, create a virus into it, and you go in the house, and then, you know, give police officers the authority to do whatever the fuck. So when other people start fighting back, now it's like, oh, bringing the big dogs and shit. It's just like I'm telling you, Sentinels, bro, fucking Sentinels. 
Well, not to prolong the episode anymore. Just wanted to put it out there that there aren't any fucked up fun stories. Just fucked up, just fucked life. up. Stories. Just fucked up life. Well, here's here's a messed up story. Um, it's not necessarily um, terrible, but um, I just got word that uh, Roy Horn died um, due to complications related to the COVID virus. Who's Roy? Um, Horn? Better known as better known as part of the duo Siegfried and Roy. Oh my God, dude! Seriously, they're still Roy? alive. Oh. Well, not Roy. <laughs> <laughs> just, he just passed. Secret so. and Tiger from. Uh... <laughs> he said, "Well, not Roy, not your boy Roy." <laughs> <laughs> no, Cody, weren't you listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, he just passed. Shit, man. Roy was the little skinny one, right? Uh, blonde hair one Okay. Yeah, I believe he was blonde. Damn, bro. That shit crazy. Yeah, Damn. man. Well, well, this has been, uh... <laughs> episode 65. All right. Well, oh, no, no. There's still a fun fact. Sorry. And last week, I had to do research on this shit because I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I needed clarity so i had to do research and it made me feel weird looking all this stuff up and i'm glad that facebook didn't flood me with dumb ads after doing research on this but <laughs> the fun fact is that daddy long leg spiders you know the yeah little small body things with the long leg daddy long leg spiders oh boy have penises okay. which technically makes them not a spider <laughs> Which is so it's going to sound like I'm handing so, up, but... Huh? Wait. So, so it's going to sound like I'm handing up, but... <laughs> so wait a minute. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that having a penis or not having a penis makes one a spider or not. I'm pretty sure it's the whole eight-legged thing that makes one <laughs> thought, an arachnid. Nine legs. But... Nine-legged spider. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, because they can use that joke. Um, they... <laughs> <laughs> So most That's spiders, spiders joke. <laughs> spiders don't have penises. They have they use like their two front legs or something like that to take the sperm and they take that and inject it into the chick or tuck that into the chick's eggs or whatever. And then the chick goes around and lays the eggs whenever she wants to lay the eggs. Apparently they have that choice. The whole sexual thing with spiders is actually kind of interesting how they do that. But Okay, instead so like... of using instead of using their two front legs or whatever it's called, um, daddy long leg spiders have penises and they will take their penis and use that to inject sperm into the eggs for the females to go and lay later. Okay, so, yeah. Go wait, just okay, just pause. First of all, yep. So what you're telling me is that most spiders basically yep. nut into their hands and then put it in the vagina the spider vagina basically like they kind of kind of they they nut onto their bellies and then they take their <laughs> can the jazz music stop right <laughs> this is holy music stopping <laughs> little yeah. freak ass spiders that's crazy <laughs> This is shit I need to stay away on my seven day cleanse. This is shit I need to stay away from right here, bro. This is it. Spider jazz stops. So, 
Spider Jizz stops. Look out here. Right. And, and what were you playing right before this, McCoy? All I want for Christmas is my two feet. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. I was playing Spider Man. Huh. And you know what's crazy? I was just unlocking the thing, trying to unlock the the little weapon where it's actual spider uh, can creep up and do shit to people. And I don't know if I want to oh, do that one. Oh, the yeah, no, on his chest. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's I don't know if it comes off of his chest, but it's like a one of the you know how you have like the 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 eight like you have the spider bomb and the spider webs and all that shit. Like, I think it's called Spider Buddy or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like Spider one? Buddy. Yeah, Spider. Yeah, Bro. that one's dope. I always use that one. This sounds hilarious after that fun fact. <laughs> oh, this... man. I forgot already. No homo. All right, episode 65. <laughs> yep. Episode 65 of Not Politically Correct. It is the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova, K-P-Z, McCoy. It's your boy. Uh, it's your boy, McCoy. A.K.A. Mr. What It Do, A.K.A. Young Slash God, and you can find me at Real McCoy Rebel. That's Snapchat, and then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram all the way until midnight at Real McCoy KPZ. Right. I mean, hey, it's Cody. <laughs> Should recording everything. Better leave there. Then there's Russell. It's the barman, the Teddy, <laughs> the Q, Universal. Well, you can find me staying away from spiders. <laughs> with dicks and shit. Or without. With or without. You're staying away, dude. Because they got cum on their belly. What the fuck, bro? Why? I got depression. Depression! Depression! Burritos big. Oh god. Hey two footed. And that's it. Oh, don't forget, we have groups. We have things. Facebook. Not politically correct podcast. You can also like us at NPC Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at NotPC Podcast. Please feel free to listen to us on SoundCloud, on Spreaker, on Google Play, on the iTunes app, all of that shit. Please find us at Not Politically Correct Podcast. On that note, gang.